Oh, wow. You all are in for a treat. Not just because you've got a three-for-one special today. Yeah, I said three-for-one. We've got two podcast guests on today. They are a lovely married couple who is making an impact in the world with their money and with their mission, which their mission might be money, but really their mission is expansion and service and love and collaboration and so many other things. You guys are going to be amazed by what seed time means to them and how they are living simple money, rich life. They're living by it, and they're also breathing it with their 21-day kickstart to stress-free money management, their book. They also have a podcast, Seed Time Money. You've got to tune in. And more importantly, their heart. I love their testimony. It took the entire show for them to share it because I kept interjecting the questions. Imagine that, me talking, no way. But really, Bob and Linda are incredible. You're going to be just in such a treasurable state of receiving as you listen. And I pray that you have a way to apply their incredible wisdom even after today's show. I believe in applicable podcasts, not just things to listen to. And so tune in. Feel the Holy Spirit convictions and say, yes, I know I am. Bob and Linda, I love you. Thanks for hanging with me. Okay, stop. If you're a creator or a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, which you obviously are because you're listening to the Fit in Faith podcast and you're created in his image, so you're naturally a creative, you better be using Canva Pro. Literally, this tool is where me and my creative designer hang out uh, all day, every day, if you really want to tell the truth. And it's a need for your business. We were utilizing the non-pro version for quite a while. One, because we didn't even know that pro existed. But two, we didn't know how inexpensive it was and how much of an asset it would be to our business. This is for real making, video creation. All of our intros for the podcast are done in here. It's a secret. She might be mad I'm telling you. But you've got to get involved. Get your pro account today. The link is in the show notes. Don't miss out. Be an upgraded creator. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right. All right. We are in the house with a beautiful couple who, if you're watching live, you did not see the better half. Actually, I don't have been better halves or worse halves, but Linda and Bob Lodick are in the house and we are so excited to just get to hear from you today, from your wisdom. And I'm just grateful. Are you guys excited to get into some of the goods of your testimony? We sure yes, are. We're, we're excited so excited. Thanks, Thanks for having for, us. Yeah. 
That's awesome. We're so pumped. You guys, if you didn't already know about who these people are, and I honestly didn't, and I'm like, holy cow, what is wrong with me? I've been hiding under a rock because they are they are alongside some people who I have their books on my shelf and they are best-selling authors to themselves. But Bob is actually recognized as number 15 in the leader realm of financial guru status, right? And I, will, I love any genre of guru because I think we know how important expertise is and knowledge is, but it takes a while to get that, right? I want to yeah. hear about that, that point in understanding that you had a lot of work to do and it wasn't from a place of, you know, birthright, but it is at the same time. And you were in a place of having $7 and feeling completely broke. And I also want to know, because I think Linda's story is so uniquely connected in the shame element of money. I talk mm -hmm. about obliterating shame a lot. And so I want to dive right into the shame elements of your story and how you've come to the other side. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'll start. So I was, uh, in a town about a thousand miles away from where I lived at that point, and this is about age age twenty. It was the day before my twenty first birthday, and the previous day or that day, I would have told you this is a fantastic day because it was Friday. I just gotten paid. My friends were coming down the next day to pick them up from the airport um, to celebrate my twenty first birthday. Sun was shining. I was in a beach town. Like everything yeah, this was is epic. good. Like, yeah, it was totally. great. Like I was living Instagramer uh, dream before Instagram. Like it was yeah. just great. So that's everything's going good. And I'm on the way, picked up my paycheck on the way to the bank to cash it because I have to pay my rent that's due that day. And as I'm driving, my car breaks down in the middle of the road. Okay. So it breaks down so fast, I couldn't even pull over. There's a minor league ball game going on right next to where I was uh, driving by. And so all these cars are coming by, everybody's staring at me. And so as I'm sitting in the car, I keep turning the key and it's not starting. And I don't know that much about cars. So I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> And as I was starting to think through, like, what are my next steps? What am I going to do? Uh, I started to realize, like, this isn't a little problem. This is becoming a really, 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 really big problem very fast because I realized, OK, I have to now figure out how to get this car towed and fixed and over working again to get back to the bank and then back to my landlord all within the next three hours. And if I don't do that, then my landlord's going to tack on a $50 late fee. And the problem is, is that my paycheck is so small, I don't have the $50 late fee. I don't have the money to do it. And then my friends are coming. I got to pick them up from the airport 45 minutes away. And like all this stuff is going on. And I'm not even thinking about a week or a month down the road. Like I'm like, I'm just like starting to realize like everything's kind of crumbling. I had built this kind of house of cards mm -hmm. and thought like everything was fine, but it just all kind of came crumbling down. Is anyone else stressed out yet? <laughs> For real, I'm sweating. <laughs> I need some more deodorant. <laughs> But the yeah. crazy thing is, is like, I actually can like put myself back in my own elements of that story. And it, while it's mm -hmm. not the same, I remember having like the red line Those in my feelings. bank because I overdrafted or yeah. I mean, yeah. what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us have had those feelings mm -hmm. and this leads to a whole nother thing of why didn't we learn more about money in school from our parents, like whatever. And so we're all like trying to figure it out now as we get older. But anyway, so from that moment, uh, you know, I remember like grabbing the steering wheel and with tears coming down my face, like crying out to God, like I am clueless. I don't know what to do. I need help. That My plan is not working because I thought I knew everything about money. <laughs> like I thought I had it all figured <laughs> right. out. Clearly I didn't because this is the fruit of, you know, my actions and my decisions. Uh, 
And so that was where my journey began, like where it all started and where I had that turning point moment and started moving forward. Um, and when things really began to change for me. Yeah. And you mentioned briefly, like the whole concept of financial literacy associated to that. And, yeah. and we can definitely get into that conversation here in a minute. But I want to I want to hear from Linda, too, because there was at that point no Linda in the story. Right. And so, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I definitely dated my fair share of like they were broke. Right. And, and probably not the greatest. <laughs> but for marriage status, I was looking for some more stability. And so I was excited to hear how your story and then the timing of when that collided together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was in as big of a mess as Bob, honestly. Like I was living in my parents' home. I had a full-time job. I had what? A car payment and a cell phone bill. And I had debt collectors calling me. Uh, and it's the same thing. Like your heart is racing. Your face is hot. You need more deodorant. And you're like, what am I going to do? And not only that, but they called my parents' house. Oh, and I was yes. like, oh, was my house phones were a thing. <laughs> The landline, <laughs> which they still have, which is hilarious. It is. You can still call their landline. But, um, you know, I, I just was, I was a huge mess. And I remember like the one thing that my parents taught me was that debt is bad. But that was the only thing they gave me. Like I didn't have any tools of how to stay out of debt. And my natural inclination is a spender. Like I love to spend money. <laughs> so having that come like in com combination with not knowing how to actually handle money, like how to manage it well, yeah. I just was in a mess like so fast before I even moved out of my parents' house, which is so embarrassing, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I look back to my childhood and I think about like my mom balancing the checkbook, right? Yes. I can just remember her doing that. And yet that wasn't something that I was necessarily taught. I just saw it. And then I never had to apply it because I didn't have a checkbook. Right. And so it it's like, I think that there was elements of they wanted to get it right. They wanted us to be in a space of debt free. I remember even signing loans and FAFSA things for college. And I had no idea what that even meant. I was just yeah. like, great, I get to go to school for four years for free. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It didn't work like that. But yeah. I thought it did. And it felt yeah. really great. Basically, I just put my whole college tuition on a credit card that I didn't have to pay off for a while. But it was wow. propelling interest, right? And oh. so I started my life out of college, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. No clue. Wow. No idea. And my parents, wow. I was a first generation college student, so they didn't know any better. They oh. thought it was the best case scenario for right. me to get my college education. And that's yeah. how people did it. Right. You signed FAFSA. So I'm, I'm so in this with you guys now. Now yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So now what? So we fast forward like what? A couple few years later. Right. We meet. So Bob has this revelation of like, I've got to pray. Like I, he prayed and he was like, all right, I am not going to stay like this. I would pray prayers like Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> right, right, right. I was thinking about how noble that was. <laughs> I didn't know how to like move forward from there. Also keep in mind, like I'm the type of person that... If I add numbers up on a calculator three times, I'll get three different numbers. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm I'm not not I thought I had fingers or something. <laughs> so my biggest prayer at this time was like, God, please help me marry someone who's good at math. Because I was like, if we can get the numbers right, like I can help stay organized. I just... <laughs> For some reason, it's not working for me. 
good. So luckily, enter Bob, my knight in shining armor. So <laughs> yeah, so we get together, and I'm—I mean, it's literally like the blind leading the blind, but maybe I'm starting to see fuzzy shapes. Like I, sure. I'm like one <laughs> tiny step ahead sure. of her. Well, like, and you had a determination too. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was determined to get us out of the situation, yes. and part of that was like we're getting married. I really feel like I need to start taking this seriously. Sure. And so I was trying to lead us in that direction, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was doing slightly less dumb things with money at that point. But... And I was like, "Great, here you go. Here's the mess. Just let me know what I need to do. See you oh, later." Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna protect me, right? You're gonna figure it out. Great. <laughs> Yeah, in which, you know, I, I was kind of excited about the challenge, but, you know, yeah. So we had all the, all right, what do we do now? Because she was spending 150% of your Easily, income yeah. at her mom's house to when we get married and now we both have low paying jobs or trying to survive actually paying bills. And so your spending money dropped by 95% right. like overnight, so which led to some tears. Tears. Um, I but, mean, I was But willing. you were a trooper, but she was a trooper and like got on board. And so we you know, did some of the things we had to do in order to start climbing out of our mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I just think of like the sacrifices in that on so many elements, you're like not only sacrificing your own sanity and that you're like trying to support and, and create sanity for her in this yeah. trusting relationship. And yet you're like, I'm literally going into this blind, but come on, babe, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll take us somewhere. We're going somewhere. Yeah. There's a shape over there. Let's go after it. Yeah. And yeah. I think like about my own relationship and coming out of you know college and having all of that debt. And having signed that little dotted line and never having, I never paid for a bill. I never had a rent check come to me. Everything came out of that like student loan fund. And so I never saw anything. Oh, wow. And so I went into a relationship with my now husband and he was older than me. So of course he paid for the rent. He paid for his gas. He paid for his car. He paid for all these things that I had never paid for. And so I kind of fell into this relationship under the guise that, I don't have to figure it out. He's, he's got it. Right. And so uh, if I'm like completely honest, it wasn't until I started my own businesses that I was like, holy cow, life is really expensive. How am I going to make this work? <laughs> and then I spent our life savings on businesses. So we can talk about that later, but I want to no. hear about, yeah, well, I want to hear about like the growth element and when did the fuzziness kind of start going away? Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it was the moment that we paid off our car, like our first car, because uh, we both brought two pretty car, pretty old cars into the marriage. And I had grown up and I think we both might have grown mm. up just believing this thing that like, you just always have a car payment. Like yeah. You're just middle class. You're always gonna have a car payment. Just get yeah. used to it. As soon as you pay it off, then it's about to blow up. So you need to go buy a new another brand new car and just you do payment. that every yeah. five years. For sure. And so that was just the mindset that I had. And somewhere in this process, I, I started thinking, what if that's not true? Like, what if it doesn't have to be that way? Like, what if there was a way out of that? And and so paying off that first car and not immediately taking it to a dealer to buy a new one, like it was just like a defiance of these lies that I had believed mm-hmm. and felt like that's the way it has to be. And so there was something about that moment, the joy, the freedom, the weight off of our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we owned this car. The bank could not take it from us. Like <laughs> yeah, it felt so, yeah. so good. So empowering. And it was, yeah, something about that mindset that was, it was a confirmation of this new belief that it didn't have to be that way. That was so empowering. And that was just like throwing fuel, like throwing jet fuel on our fire to just keep going, to keep moving forward. 
Yeah. For me, it took a little bit longer. Like that moment for me was when I started seeing shapes. Yeah, sure. That was when I was like, oh, okay. Like there is something to this. Like, let's keep going. It was motivation to keep going. And even though I was already doing it because I loved Bob and I knew this was super important to him. Um, and I was happy to not have to deal with it. Once we did that, I started seeing shapes. But then a few years later, we um, we took a financial class together. And that, I mean, I walked out of that and I was like, why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, whoa, up I've been saying this point, for like five years. You what? know, it's like you, you been? Been pulling me on a skateboard, right? Like I wasn't complete resistance, but I was definitely adding some resistance to the, you know, our goal. Yeah, and yeah. after that, it was like I was behind him and I was like shoving him forward. Like, let's go, let's oh, go. Good. Which was That's huge incredible. for our marriage because once you get on the same page with something, like honestly, like the enemy has no chance and the world better look out because you're like yeah. ready to go, not just for ourselves, but for the Lord, you know? So that was, I mean, I think that was a real exciting yeah. moment for us. Yeah. For both of us, for sure. And I think like, I love that the element we, we've kind of like talked around it, danced around it, but everyone who listens to the Fit and Faith podcast knows that like faith is the foundation mm -hmm. and we can, we can try to put him to the side. We can try and put our faith to the side and let that be a pie chart, or it can literally be how we stand up every single day, how we bring yeah. it into every single opportunity. And I, I know that God is so in control of our finances when we surrender them to him. Mm -hmm. And the element of going from seven figures to having anything paid off feels so freeing. And a lot of society never experiences that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like in that process, was there a consistent like conversations around stewardship? Were you tithing at that point? Were you doing like a biblical understanding of money or was it a Dave Ramsey class? Like, I don't I don't get it. Tell me more. Yeah. So I think we, like she, you had tithed your whole life. I had right? tithed my Basically. whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And I started tithing, um, short, uh, shortly after my kind of freak out moment in the car. I think that's kind of where it started for me. Uh, yeah. And, and so I, I think we were talking a little bit about stewardship, but I think so much of our focus was just on like, we're just a mess. And like, I, you know, so. Well, you had been right? reading Proverbs and you were like, oh, Proverbs actually talks a lot about money. Yeah, like I was in a cycle for years of reading a proverb a day and just going through yeah. which, you know, Proverbs talks so much about money and business. Like there's a lot there. And, uh, and, and it, it was one of those things where I, looking back, I see how it was affecting me at the time. I didn't see how it was affecting my thinking. And I think so much of the right. Bible is like this. And that's why it's so yeah. important to read the word because yeah. it affects your, your thinking mind. when you don't yep. even realize that it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So true. And so I think it was just, you know, affecting how I was thinking and how I was operating. And so I think that was a big part of it. Well, and that honestly is what started the business in the yeah. first place. Yeah. As, as he was reading Proverbs and realizing it says all this stuff about money, he's kind of like, there, there's something here more than that. What? I've been told all my life. Yeah. So he was reading, you know, books, whatever, whatever books, like all the famous finance books, sure, you know, sure. yep. <laughs> they can grow rich and yeah, right. yep. totally. And, um, you know, doing that, but then he was reading Proverbs and going, what, like the Bible is talking about money and the, you know, some of the things line up with what it's telling me in these yeah. other books and some of it doesn't. And how so, yeah, do we so reconcile that, this? That kind of led to me starting a blog. And so in 2007, I start this blog talking about money, talking about the Bible in this intersection and everything that I was finding, which was 
interesting because it was, you know, kind of cathartic for me to just kind of share what I was going through as I was climbing out of my mess. Mm -hmm. And um, God ended up using that, ended up becoming our business, you know, uh, which we've been able to help a whole bunch of people. So it's been really crazy how it's all worked. It's amazing to me that it, it it feels very synchronous to kind of the discoveries that I was having around business as an enti- yeah. entirety. And yeah. I'm honestly seeing this revelation, not even without force, just like across the faith, across Christians who are like being woke to the fact that like, I've been taught something that's like traditionalized and marginalized my freedom. And Mm. money being a huge element to that and business like passion and purpose and this idea of calling and all of these things Mm -hmm. that I don't remember anyone when I was little being like, what's your calling, Tamara? They're like, what are you going to do when you grow up? Right. And that then led to, well, how much that doesn't make a lot of money. Are you sure that's what you want to do? And so everything was you do this based on money, not you do this out of calling. You do this out of purpose. You do this out of gifting or talent or you do this out of revelation. Right. And so as you continue to like start teaching this to other people, because you were never taught, was it just so invigorating to see the ahas and the light bulbs going off in people's lives and changing them in the process? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that that was a lot of my fuel that kept me going for so long. Um, Yeah, was just having, (laughs) just seeing exactly what you're saying, seeing other people who are getting things and who it's clicking with and whose lives are being impacted by me just sharing my story of something I went through, or I just figured out this way to do this thing and this worked for me. And, you know, so I've always gotten so much joy out of that. And, um, and it's just continued over the years as we've created courses and gone deeper in some of these topics. And, um, and I think we're like getting to deeper and deeper layers of life changing impact. And it's really fun. Yeah. Cause I mean, like it, Really, when when you think about a business, the best way to have a business is to serve other people. Yeah. Because it's not just like, you know, self-sacrificial. It actually is fueling the business to do better and to keep going and to find more ways to help people and find uh, more ways to find more people that need to be helped, you know? And what's exciting about that is that the Bible actually says that the greatest in the kingdom is a servant of all. And I just think that it's so interesting how he would tell us that and that it wouldn't actually just be for someone else's benefit, that it would actually benefit us as well in doing that. I mean, it's incredibly like reciprocal on on all fronts. Yeah. And, and, and there's also elements associated to that that could be locked in shame of like, I've had people, you're making money off of your testimony. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Isn't that kind of what the point is, right? Like I, you learn something, you crash and burn, and you then have empathetic eyes to not let other people do the exact same thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a fire over there. There's a fire over there. There's a fire over there. Or they're about to walk through the fire. Like, why would you do that? You would say there's a fire. Don't go that way, right? right. Like, let me teach yeah. you the way out. Let me teach you the way through if you have to go through, right? And so yeah. I just think that there's so much nobility to that. And it is a sacrificial, like, for the masses, when you're bringing it to things like a podcast, which you guys have, that's amazing. You guys also have a book. And so we mentioned paying off the car, but we haven't gone to the entirety of, of the debt process, the, the, yes. the snowball effect, the element of service and how much sacrifice in not taking for yourselves. You could always, people can take that money and do it, play with it, whatever they want. They can go back to that shopping addiction. They can, you know, do these things. <laughs> 
I want to know, like, where did it come or unlocked for you guys to say, we're going to actually go beyond the 10%. We're going to go to, I'm 31 years old. And, and I love this part of your story. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, I'm 31 years old. And we had paid off our credit cards at that point, we'd gotten all those paid off. Hallelujah. That was awesome. We had paid off both of our car loans at that point, which was great. We had paid off our student loans. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was all the kind of debt we had at that point. And so we were debt free except for our mortgage. We had a house we had bought and I wanted to get that house paid off. You know, I was super thankful that we paid the other stuff off and it freed up a whole bunch of extra cash that we were just funneling towards our mortgage and just paying off as fast as we can. And so I remember at that point, I went out in our neighborhood, there was a field up on a hill and I went to this field and prayed once in a while. And so I went there and I was praying and I was asking God, God, can we get this mortgage paid off faster? <laughs> so I, I'm the numbers guy and I had the spreadsheet and it was going to take three and a half years to get it paid off like with my current plan of putting all the extra money towards the house each month. And so I'm like, God, I want to do it faster. I'm an American. I want, I want to faster. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Microwave. Yeah. Go. So... I, I don't, you know, I'll never forget this. It was one of the clearest things he's ever spoken to me. He said, if you really want to see me move on your finances, I want you to begin giving your age as a percentage of your income, your age as a percentage of your income. So 31 at the time, we were previously giving about 11%. So this was a really big jump. And I remember um, standing there looking up to the sky and like scratching my head and be like, who does this? Like, where did this even come from? Like, <laughs> You know, and just how you knew it wasn't you. Yeah, yeah like, right. Like so you're looking around, like you're not talking to me, right? You're talking to the other <laughs> yeah. guy. Like I don't have like, to call in an empty field. Yeah, it was just so nuts. But like the the thing that I distinctly remember that you know, I think especially when people are asking about this, I think it's important to mention is that I didn't at all feel like God was saying you have to do this or that you better do this or else I'm going to get you. Like it was like an invitation to step out and do an adventure with Him. Mm -hmm. and and it was like it reminded me of like peter stepping out of the boat and jesus being on the water it's like you don't have to come but if you want to walk on the water if you want that story that no one else has like the invitation is here wow and and so anyway so i i remember that feeling and i remember like trying to do the math in my head and like i don't even know if we're gonna be able to do this and pay the bills buy groceries like i don't know how this is gonna work if it's gonna work i don't know any of that stuff and so i'm like all right well i need to go talk to linda so i go back down the hill go talk to linda and she gets right on board like she's just awesome and <laughs> that's awesome and you well, know well you can go ahead yeah go. i mean there there's a reason why i was able to get on board because first of all like my advantage see this is this is what's so exciting about having different personalities into the marriage where this is the spreadsheet guy my advantage is that i'm not looking at the numbers and so i could very easily go okay first of all God's taken us through things like this before. And if he's asking us to do this now, there's something really cool on the other side because yeah. we've already done this. Right. So like, let's trust him, like go yeah. look at the numbers, go do the whole thing, but let's like do what we can to get there. Like if we can't make it 31% this month and let's make it 20, let's yeah. do something as a step of faith to say, we want to get there, help us get there, you know? Yeah. So good. Well, and I think about the capability, you know, differentiation in where you were, you know, tearful in a broken down car uh, with $7 to your name in juxtaposition to now you had your cars paid off. So at least yeah. you knew 
there was this like element of, of cushion, this element of trust. And I think whenever God has like sharpened me or called me higher because I've been in relationship with him and I've seen his blessing and I've seen his gifting in other areas, it's like, I'm going to take you higher, but you know that you're safe right here. And so even Amen. if you fall, I've got you right here. Mm -hmm. And right yeah. here is pretty dang comfortable, right? And so yeah. there is this level of comfortability that you would reach. And I think when we think about comfort and complacency and that being almost a dying zone, and I yeah. think a lot of people exist in that. I pay the bills. I make just enough. Like we're content. And that is actually an element of complacency because there's something more for you yep. and it's going to yep. take you going a little higher, stepping out of the boat, all the analogies that you could think of biblically for God yep. to reveal himself in that new layer that then becomes your new sense of normalcy. And he's going to call you higher. That's just literally what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that's so good. I mean, I'll, I'll tie back into that in a second, but you know, coming back to the story. So that month we decided, all right, we're going to go for this. And we started giving 31% of our income that month. So, uh, any, any way you slice it or dice it like this in the natural was the absolute worst way to pay off your mortgage faster. <laughs> like we're giving away all of our extra money, yes, all yes. the money that we were paying towards our mortgage. We're now giving it away. And so my new spreadsheet now says it's going to be like 10 years. I was going to ask the three and a half had to go to something different. Okay. Yeah, so it's like 10 years, but it's like, I just, it was a sacrifice. I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't know and understand, but I'm going to lay down my goals and I'm going to obey this thing that you're asking and invite us to do. And the, this is the mind blowing thing. And this is the, I mean, forever shake my faith in such a good way thing is that 10 months later, that mortgage is paid off. Like it makes absolutely no sense. Like we can't explain it. It was just a loaves and fishes things where money was coming in. The business was going up, like all kinds of things are coming together where God was just orchestrating this miracle right before our yeah. eyes. And is the business, the active business, the same business that you now have? It was yep. just in the, in the baby phase yeah, of exactly. just serving people, teaching people about this. Holy moly. Like yeah. that just makes me so excited. One thing as you were talking about it, when I read the site in your bio. And I saw that number 31. I, I had what I call a quarter life crisis at 29. And yeah. I often refer to the Jesus years, like that 30 to 33 years. Mm -hmm. I have so many friends whose testimonies that I can now count you all as friends. I can now count you in this testimony that within those years, God mm -hmm. revealed himself in such a magnificent huh. way wow, that it's really the foundation of their faith. So I that's want you cool. as you're exploring with people and telling the story, like, what, what were you doing at 31? What were you doing at 32? How is God revealing himself to wow. you? Because yeah. it's been paramount in, in my faith and so many others. Huh. I've never heard that before. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I love that. I should write, I should write a book about it. Cause honestly, I, I could literally, yeah. I'm thinking of all my friends right now that I can't wait to share this podcast with just about that alone is, is magnificent to me. I mean, yeah. we, we could That's end cool. the podcast. We're not going to yet. So stay tuned, but <laughs> we could end it. And I would be like, wow, God, like there's something that you're doing that you're just so eager to just get to know us and reveal yourself. And it was the Jesus years. And so I was, mm -hmm. I'm amazed by this. So you guys get to the place 10 months. Now your mortgage is paid. So you have zero debt to your name. Yeah. And not that, you know, people say the mortgage is an okay debt, right? I don't really know what the difference of that is. I don't want that over my name, but still now you, you fast forwarded, your business is doing amazing and you have another milestone that you've hit in the giving. Yeah. Talk, talk yeah. us through that. So you're 31, now you're 32. Yeah. So we, uh, 
just continued. We've continued that age of percentage thing up to we're now 41. And so we've continued that. And by his grace, he sustained us. And, uh, and it's just been a really good thing for us uh, because uh, the, the business has been up and down. It's entrepreneurship. It's like, there's, oh, it's yeah. a roller coaster. There's good years and bad years and tough years. And, but within all of it, it's just been a healthy amount of tension for us because previously or after that whole 31 thing, like we, we were having a really big year, like in the business was doing really good. And we had a couple of really good years where we just had a little bit more, we had more than we needed, you know, but with that, what I found myself doing was, um, getting apathetic in terms of not saying no to myself ever. And I think if you find yourself financially, we never have to say no to yourself. I think it can lead to just lead to you getting weird. Weird things. <laughs> I think that's yeah. just the Very you know, It's good to have some walls in place, mm-hmm. things to bump up against. It's just like child celebrities, like who hear yes every right. single time. Like people aren't, we need to have something to submit yep. to and to yield to, you know? Yep. So anyway, that's the side note. But the point is, mm-hmm. is that I, out of that abundance, you know, God kind of led us to this thing and that put in just a healthy amount of tension so that, I mean, we're still incredibly blessed, you know, like fantastically blessed and super thankful for that. But it also stretched us and never had us in this position where we had so much money. They're like, ah, we don't need to trust God anymore. You know, it kept us in that position of dependency on him. Which I think is interesting because like we are teaching people how to manage their finances. And so by the world's definition of this, we should just be sitting on piles and piles of cash, right? We should be, what is that guy? Uncle Scrooge McDuck or whatever, (laughs) jumping into like your (laughs) swimming pool of gold. But I just, I mean, I think that it's so like the Lord to, to keep us in a position of submitting to him. You know what I mean? Like I, I think this is where some people can go wrong a little bit if there's not, if they don't keep that submission to the Lord. And I'm so grateful for it because even though, let me tell you, there's so much stuff I'd like to buy. Even just the other day, I told my friend, I just really want a thousand dollars to buy clothes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just, can I just get a thousand dollars just real quick? And of course, Bob's like, he just laughs at me at this point. He knows, but like, it's just easy to just want, like the eyes of man are never satisfied. There is not enough money for me to have that I would have all the things that I want. There's no amount. It's so true. It doesn't matter how much it is. Yeah. yeah. So, but when I'm in this place, I can continually go to the Lord and say, what is in my heart that I need to get rid of? Because clearly I'm searching for it in other places. Yeah. And I think the other part of this too, is that you can continue to trust God for the things rather than just looking to our bank account, Yeah. which is easy when you start doing well financially right. to trust in your bank account rather than going to God mm-hmm. for things. Um, and so that was a really, really powerful thing. But anyway, coming back to your original question, it's been a long time. <laughs> no, I have so many things I want to say, but I want right. to hear like the finale. Well, I'm like, there's more. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, no, we'll no, come back. I- to it. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do, when we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. 
Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in real life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation, so get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference, but you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. So processing, as you guys are speaking, we haven't even mentioned, by the way, that they they do have children. So there was element of like kiddos coming into play and like, oh my gosh, we have to pay for another mouth and another belly and and now school and all these things are happening. And so I think it's important for people to recognize as they're sharing this, they're they're not doing life different than you. Like I, I know that a majority of the household is, you know, two, two family income, two and a half kids, right? Or one and a half, I think it's now because of dogs and, and less children. But I, I believe we're coming back into a plethora of family and abundance. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, I think it's important for people to know and also for people to see that it doesn't have to be that you're, this question keeps getting popped into my head, to what end, right? Yeah. To what end do you want your money? To what end do you want to be financially free or what does free even mean to you? Because going out to eat with your family is great, but do you really need to go out to eat with your family six nights a week? Right. And so there's these conversations that start to happen and unfold. And and I'm even personally being convicted as you're sharing. And I think that's one of the reasons I honestly do this show is like God sharpened me. And he brings incredible people to sharpen us, even in conversations like this. And so for people to truly be listening and not just listening for the sake of listening, but listening for what the spirit is speaking to you right now over your own finances, because none of us have it figured out no matter where you are, what your bank account number says, little or high. Yeah. I mean, that's what we always tell people. It's like, we have suggestions, but you really need the Holy Spirit to kind of fill in those gaps because- Like your lifestyle is different from ours. The things that are important to you are different than what's important to us. And the other thing is your calling is different than ours. So like these are all things that have to factor into your decision because maybe eating dinner six nights a week is eating out six nights a week is what you have to do to survive till you can get to whatever the next thing is. You know what I mean? Like that might actually be the answer for some people. It has been our 
answer at some points in our life, maybe For last sure. year. We were eating out a whole lot more, but because our brains were so taken up by other things that it was yeah. like, we can't, we just can't focus on dinner. Yeah. We yeah. just need something quick and easy to feed ourselves. I, and I get that. I totally get that. Right. But then there's this other element of we have, we made sure that we have the funds to do that. Right. Right. And that's a tricky one. Well, I mean, the truth is, is that most people need to hear you should eat out less. Not any more Starbucks people. <laughs> but I think the point in all of this is that we, we view personal finance. It's, it's personal. And so it's yeah. different for everyone's situation. There is no one size fits all thing. And, um, and I think that's kind of what makes our approach a little bit different is that we understand that. And, and, and I think when you do this as a believer, when you invite God into the equation, like it makes perfect sense. And he fills in the gaps. Like he fills yeah. in the specific things that each one of us need to do. Mm-hmm. And back to what you're talking about calling, like we all have unique uh, things that we are designed and put on earth to do. And so I believe that our stewardship and what he entrusts us with has something to do with our calling. You know, so the money that we're entrusted with, like we are, he wants us to use that to right. advance the thing that he's put in our hand to do, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so, so it's really important, you know, because yeah. if we are running out and just buying Louis Vuitton bags, instead of using that to start the business that he's called us to do, it's like, mm-hmm. we're missing it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Where's the priority, right? And and yeah. I think that that's a hard thing to do because we're in a commercialized society and everything is, you have to have this to look this or appear this or to make you happy. And we know that that's yeah. not true. Yeah. And I think it, your same premise here as we're talking applies to business, right? So many people are looking to the blueprint of somebody else's business to say, I just need to do it that way and then I'll have it all figured out. And whenever I have a client who comes and they're like, I want to do, I want to be a speaker like you. I want to be a writer like you. I want to be a podcaster. I want to host retreats, all these things. I'm like, cool. We're going to make a totally different business plan. It's going to happen totally different than mine. I can tell you my testimony, but God has you positioned where you are with your unique gifts and talents. And it's going to happen totally different. And it kind of like shocked. They're like, no, no, no. I paid you to tell me what you did. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, it doesn't work like that. My situation is totally different than yours. And so I find freedom and, and honesty. And I see the spirit in how it is that you guys operate and show up. And that's so much harder to do than to just give a blueprint. Right. It's so much harder to, to be entrusting with the fact that when you are teaching someone, the Holy Spirit's going to show up and show them the way, not you. Like that's not your role. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. No, and that's so good. Like, cause yeah, cause my story was similar. Like, I in 2007, I got laid off from the financial services company I was working from, and I started looking for another job. And God said, "No, I want you to become a full time blogger." In 2008. <laughs> no, that doesn't like, make sense. No one knows what a blog is. That. Like, no one's making money from <laughs> blogs. Like, and He calls me to do this, and I, I mean, I had one mentor after another tell me it was a terrible idea. Well, you had I, someone offer you a job that you were like, "This is it, thanks, Lord." Somebody offered me a job making two times as much the old job I had just gotten laid off from. And God's like, nope, I want you to go do this thing that makes absolutely no sense. Everyone says it's going to fail that, you know, all the stuff. But like, to your point, it's like, you just have to follow God in that. And Mm -hmm. there there was no formula for me to follow, you know, and but God had a path and he made a way. And the journey is so much more exciting and so much better of an adventure than I could have ever created for myself. Um, so yeah, I love that you're preaching that because that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. 
really, really, uh, I think it's necessary for us to have it and it's got to come from every angle. So here you are listening to the Fit and Faith podcast, getting it from every angle, but there's more, <laughs> there's more to the story. We haven't even gone to some of the, what I think is an amazing milestone yeah. when you hit 40. And yeah. I, I think my biggest question, cause I haven't dived into all of your teaching and you guys have to get your hands on their book. It's called simple money, rich life. Yes, please. Right. Yep. Hold on. I'm going to say it again. Simple money, rich life. Like that's the goal, right? Achieve yeah. true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact. And you guys are making an eternal impact. And so my question to you, in addition to you sharing this element of your testimony um, as kind of the mic drop is, is where is where do you put your money? Because I think we think to tithing and a lot of people specifically just go right to church. And that might be what you do. Incredible if that's the case. But my husband and I view tithing in a lot of different ways and it's not just to a church. And so I'm curious what that looks like for you all. All right. So we'll start with the finishing and wrapping up the story. Yes. Uh, so so we had just continued doing this age as a percentage thing over the really the last 10 years we've been doing that, which, you know, as you can imagine, this yields to or this leads to you being able to give away a lot of money. OK, uh, because you have a lot of disposable income that you are now delegating for giving. One other thing that we did and we talk about this in the book um, is we started tracking our net given. OK, and so essentially is a spin off of net worth where rather than focusing on how much we could accumulate in making that our measure of financial success, we decided we're going to make our measure of financial success, how much we can give. And so because that's our measure of financial success, the, the thing that we're heading towards, we started tracking it. And so we created this sheet where we just kind of write down everything that we've given. And we've been doing this for 15 years now. And so if we give to church or charity, we put it on there, but also if we take someone out to dinner, if we host a party at our house yep. and it costs a couple hundred dollars, like all of that gets mm -hmm. added to this list. And it's been so fun to be able to kind of look back and it gets us celebrating um, this number on this sheet now has some real significance because it's not just a number on a net worth sheet where it's like, it's just a number, but this $100,000 or whatever the number is on our net given sheet now means this is $100,000 worth of lives impacted. Mm -hmm. And we can look back on the sheet and see, I remember that story when we gave that widow $1,000 here. I remember when this person was struggling and we helped them here. And like, we can look back on all that and celebrate that, that what God has allowed us and helped us to do. Mm -hmm. So it's such a meaningful exercise and it helped us really stay focused on what was most important to us, which was giving. So within that, we've been continuing that. And I had a giving goal of, I want to be able to give away a million dollars by age 40. And age 39, in about eight months, we crossed that line and had reached this milestone of being able to give away a million dollars. Um, and and it's like, it's just a number. Like, I don't want to make a bigger deal out of it right. than it is. But for us, again, back to the importance and significance of it, like what it represents for what God was able to do through mm -hmm. very unlikely characters like yeah. Linda and I, like where we come from, this doesn't happen, you know? Well, and I could have easily spent all that money. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, we both could have. We both <laughs> could have. Right. Like, sure. I could spend for too. Sure. Like, trust me, I could spend. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I think what's so cool about it, it, it really isn't the number for even for me. I'm just thinking about the magnitude. And I yeah. think about if it's not going to one place. And as you're sharing and you're talking about all the people that it gets to go to, that it's not even just to that one recipient, it's to that one recipient's connection points. And mm -hmm. each individual human is connected to so many lives. Yeah. And so the story that you're now sharing is also however many people are on that list, let's say, let's say a thousand people, it's a thousand people stories that's connected to another thousand people. So it's to me, I'm looking at a million dollars as a million people. 
and I'm looking yeah. to humanity and that mm-hmm. if we as as net givers, right, if we focus on our net giving rather than our net worth, the impact that that could have on the kingdom and yeah. the display of Christ-like behavior, unlike what we often see, even sometimes, and I, I hate sometimes when I'm sharing, I don't mean church, I mean church as the box, not church as the foundation to what God intended for it to be. But, yeah. you know, mega churches or, or things like that, they can go into a place of they're giving for giving not giving sake. They're giving for numbers sake. And Mm -hmm. I want them to know like how important there is an element that net giving is, is more crucial than, than all the numbers of the butts they've gotten to see every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I remember like, I think what it's helpful to look at it like this. I remember, um, okay. So I, right after I had given birth to my last son, I was, I was sitting in the bed. I gave birth at home. I know we can talk about that later, but my mama's, my crunchy mama's are going to be jumping for joy right now. Okay, good, good, good. Um, and I, I remember I was holding the baby and someone was spoon feeding me. And I was wow. like, this is so weird having someone else feed me. But in the moment, like I really needed someone to feed me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think as the body of Christ, there are times when you're the one that needs to be fed, and there are times when you need to be the one feeding. And I think that's what's exciting to us about doing this is because there are times when people have reached out and given to us a lot yeah. of times. And we were like, you don't know how bad we needed this. You know what I mean? Like it was so meaningful. And then there's other times when we are in the position where we see that on the other side, where it's like, you don't know how bad we needed this. This is an answer to prayer. And it it's interesting being able to partner with God in doing something rather than just being like, oh, yeah, we just give away all this money. You know, that yep. that is not at all what we're interested in. We're interested in the peace that partners with God to be the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth because Jesus isn't here anymore. He can't do the things that he was doing. But he is inside of all of us Christians, and we can go out and do the things that he was, you know, trying to do while he was on the earth in a grander scale. And so that gets us really excited about this and also just brings it to a practical level of sometimes we need to be the ones receiving and also we need to be the ones giving. Yeah. And I think people who are even processing, depending on the the layer of their faith or the, the understanding of their faith and like how God speaks to us all individually is like, there's promptings that happen where they are probably, I had no idea. This person just came to my mind. Should we give it to them? Or somebody reaches out and is like, is there any way that you could potentially support in this way or this way or this way? And God positions himself right in front of you. And the ones who need it are the ones that get to be revealed in the process. And that is that partnering, that partnering piece, just like literally God, who, who is before us, who needs us right now, who needs Mm -hmm. you. And Mm -hmm. that's one of our favorite things about giving to people is the recognition that it is possible. I have one final question and it's, it's personalized. So it's kind of selfish, but I hope that it serves other people too. Have you ever been in a scenario that you were giving that you discovered you were actually enabling? Hmm. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. Short answer is yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a really good example for a story. And I don't know if I have yeah, a great sure. example. Yeah, sure. Well, there's sometimes personalized Man. situations. Yeah. Yeah. There have been plenty of times where I've realized that. I mean, you know, because it's like, yeah. And it, it, the thing is so interesting to me is so much of the world just gets giving completely wrong. And it's just not the way that God intended. And unfortunately, a lot of it has crept into the church. And so this idea of having strings attached, this yeah. idea of, oh, I give a bunch of money to my church. And so therefore, I should be able to call the pastor whenever I want. And they should listen right. to me because I'm important, I'm special, or yeah. any number of other things, you know, given from obligation is something that I think so many of us have that guilt giving thing. And I feel pressure. I feel like I have to. And I, I just don't think that's authentic biblical giving, so, you know, yeah. that's being pressured, that's being coerced. Mm-hmm. Like you read second Corinthians nine, like has something to say about that. Yeah, Give with uh, a joyful heart. Yeah. Like, so there's something, uh, here and anyway, and so long story short, yes, we've definitely seen some of that. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate, you know? Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, there, there's been times where it's like, we, you know, we went out to, I went out to lunch this one time and this person spent the entire time talking about how much money they spend. And I mean, it was almost really weird, like how, well, I just can't not have da, 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 da. And when they got their bill, their credit card was declined and they looked around the table and was like, can anybody help me? And I was like, mm. yep. Yep, I can help you. I got you. Yep. I <laughs> Put got it all you. the adder to the giving board. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it was it was like, yeah, it felt like gross because like what they were telling me they were buying themselves was like all these like luxuries. And what they were telling me in the process was I refuse to um, be responsible for my the stewardship component of my finances. Yeah. Yeah. It's and huge. that's when it was just kind of like, this feels gross. but. Also, I can take that to the Lord and go, that felt really gross, but I'm just going to pray that this all happened for a reason and that you're going to work on their heart and bring them to a position of knowing what to do. Because I clearly can't help them. Like, you're going to have to do it. So sometimes I think we're in those positions and the Lord trusts us enough to be in those positions to realize that that's that person's prayer request card, even though it's ugly. And they're not handing to you on a nice folded piece of paper, but that's actually them saying, please pray for me. I really, really need it. You know, yeah, that that's actually a phenomenal way to look at that. And once again, Bob, Linda just took the winner over here. Like that literally. like, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Linda for the win. No, it was, it was really good. And, and I, I'm just honestly grateful. I think the biggest thing, and even before we jumped on here and I was just like simmering with the two of you being on the show together, marriage is so incredible important to me. And it, it's hard. It's also hard. Like I I'm about to celebrate 10 years next year, next Congrats. week. Yeah. We're getting, we're doing a renewal of our vows and it's just Aww. like so exciting and so special. And I actually know what my vows mean at this point. <laughs> and, and simultaneous <laughs> to that, I just think about when people, two people can come together with a shared vision. And that doesn't mean you have to start a business together. Don't get me wrong when I say that, but just a shared vision of how you want to live this life and how you want to showcase God's love through your marriage. This is an incredible example of that. And so do you have any like marital advice as co-existing in a business together and also co-parenting and all the other elements that God has given you? Any marriage advice for the listeners? You want to go? Go ahead. Uh, I think listen 
to your spouse? Like I, it seems really obvious maybe, but I think it's really hard to put into practice. So, um, like I said, I had no, uh, I have no giftings towards math at all. And Bob does. So for a long time, I assumed that he had all the wisdom to share and I didn't have any. And it took a long time for the Lord to reveal to me and for me to actually get it that I do have a lot to offer and a lot to share. But I mean, vice versa, there's things that I kind of put that same thing on Bob for of like, well, I've been doing this for so long and he doesn't but that's actually wrong. Like as soon as I open myself up to what he has to say, I can see how good what he has to offer in this situation that maybe he doesn't know anything about, but that's he actually good. knows a lot about right? and that right. I need to hear, you know? And I think sometimes with that, there's elements of like remembering that, that, um, that childlike belief towards something and that, or that childlike knowledge towards something is the exact thing that you needed to hear. And yes. you're like, they might not have that girlfriend issue, but they do have wisdom in this friendship situation. Ooh, and man, yeah. it's been so supportive, um, mm -hmm. for me to, to listen well to my husband. That's a really good one. Yeah. How about for you, Bob? One other thing that I want to add to that, like for anybody listening right now, who you're like, I can't even talk to my spouse with about money because we get in a fight every single time it comes up. And yeah. so we just avoid the conversation. So anyone in that this situation, is for any topic really yeah, for real. like the, the best way that we have found to do this, to handle this is to have a conversation about the conversation. Okay. So don't talk about money, but have a conversation about how you're going to talk about money right. because it's different and you can, you can have that conversation and, and it can, <laughs> it can work out and you can be like, all right, listen, we can both acknowledge that every time money comes up, we fight. Um, so how do you have any ideas and how we can work through this to have a conversation where we don't fight, you know? And so start there That's and good. it's amazing, but like just flipping that and just, because we all have these triggers and they just inevitably get pressed and then the fight starts like it mm -hmm. blows up, you know? And so, you know, it's like having like a, a plastic case over the button where it's like, we can, we can talk about it with that plastic case on it before we take the plastic case off, you know? <laughs> That's good. So I, I, that, there's know? a lot of, there's a lot of patience and self-control that happens with that. Cause generally yeah. speaking, you want to jump right in and you want to mm -hmm. find out what happens if you press the button yeah. sometimes in spite of your spouse, right? Like yeah. you're just like, Oh, I'm so frustrated at you. Boom. And they're like, what just <laughs> happened? Why would you do that? Right. And so I yeah. love that idea. It's a, uh, not something I don't think it is common practice for people. And yeah. so I, I'm going to have to, again, another conviction point. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have to do that one. So thank yeah, you for really that helps. advice. Yeah. So I want to give yeah. you any final, like mic drop moments, any final things that you're like, we didn't talk about this thing, Tamara. And we always talk about this thing on a show. Oh, what is it? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> She's listening. He's listening. You love right on well, air. I don't have a mic drop, but I, the thing that I think just is really important that I want, that I want everyone listening to understand, like I spent so many years because the world wants to tell us that money should be the goal. This is the thing mm -hmm. we should just be chasing after above all else. Everyone just hustle and grind your way to having as much money as possible. And I think as believers, we have to understand that it's not a goal for us, like for the world it might be, because that's where they have to put their trust. That's where they have to get their security from. But for us, it is a tool. It is mm -hmm. a different thing. Like it is a tool that we can use to uh, facilitate and usher in the things that God has for us to do and to advance his kingdom, to impact eternity. Like it's a tool, it's a tool, it's a tool. And when you remember that and you, you understand that we're managers for God, that we're stewards of the money that he's entrusted with, it's all his. And it's a tool that we get to use 
Like it, it changes your perspective and it helps your decision-making and it ultimately just provides so much more peace with money. Yeah. And the thing that I would add to that is that you are smart enough and capable enough to figure it out. Yes. That's the other thing that the world wants us to believe is that you are not smart enough to do the right things with money. And it's just not true. And I mean, that's what one of my big roles in this book was to make sure that I could understand what Bob was saying, because he can get super heady and spreadsheety and all the other stuff because he's really excited about it. But to me, I'm like, if I can't understand it, then other people won't be able to understand it. And like, that's what we have to do is make it like, that's what we tried to do is make it as simple as possible so that the, you know, more easily distracted people like me could get in there and figure it out so that we can move on with what God has us to do. You know, like it's not all, not everyone is supposed to do what we're doing with money, but everybody needs to get to be able to figure it out so that they can do what God has for them to do. Right. And I love that element. I think it's the, it's, you're smart enough, you're worthy enough to not just manage it, but also to make it. And I, that's a huge conversation that we have with our children who are only seven and nine at this point who are already little mini entrepreneurs is like, I want them to understand that they can make money. That's Mm -hmm. not the problem. There shouldn't be a limiting belief that I can't do this thing. But what happens right after they get that money is the conversation about management. And they so desperately want to go to the arcade and they so desperately want to hit up the target (laughs) section. Uh, That's now $3 and not a dollar, by the way. And, you know, I have to teach them. They're like, but it's my money. I'm like, I get that. But is that really how you want to spend it? Let's talk about stewardship. And so it's been, I learn about money all the time just by teaching money to my children. So I can't imagine how many like aha moments you guys have had in expanding the kingdom in this way by teaching it to people and hearing their problems or their wins and how you can do the same thing too from a reciprocal you know listening process so i i'm so excited to get my hands on this book your your agent actually reached out to me and she's like i forgot to send the book before i'm gonna send it i'm like yay that's a bonus win the conversation's been amazing you guys are incredible and i am so grateful to continue to just partner with you as a fellow believer not only in prayer um but just in petitioning that you continue to see this expansion and I can't wait till you're 60 and donating 60% and it's going to be bad. (laughs) So good. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. You guys, thank you for having us on. Yeah. Get in touch with Bob and Linda. You guys hang out on a specific social platform. I know you've got your, your podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah, So our podcast is seed time money, like seed, like you plant in the ground. Um, We're Instagram at seed time over there. Mm -hmm. And then we have a website with a whole bunch of free tools and free guides. It's seedtime.com. Yep. All the links are below y'all. We thank you so much for tuning in. You guys are incredible. Have a beautiful day. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your 
choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.